Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. Patrick Corbin is useless at this point. <laughs> He's like, what is he, Michael? Eight and 15 with a plus six ERA? Just wait for the next two years. He's just off. Five year contract. He's right? a worthless pitcher right now. Paolo Espino has become the ace of the staff with an 81 mile an hour fastball. <laughs> He's consistent. Gets in trouble early, but he he's somehow consistent. gets out of it. His ERA is under four, and he's five and five on the year. As far as I'm concerned, you put him out there every night because he's the best they've got. Strasburg's going to begin throwing in November. How great is that? <laughs> that means he'll probably pitch in 2036. <laughs> this is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. So the Nats threw a guy out there last night, Josh Rogers in Miami. He's a left-handed pitcher. He went eight. I think he went eight or almost eight. Seven. I think he's the second pitcher for the Nats to go eight. I mean, he went a long way. But when you see him pitch, when you see his motions before he pitches, the rocking back and forth. He rocks back and forth on the mound. Three, four times. In rhythm with the batter pumping the bat. It's just, it's very weird. It's very weird. He had a very good outing. But it's very weird. Nats, Nats won that game. Are they in last place or have they avoided last place? Uh, th- I think they had to sweep the Marlins to get out of last. So I think they are decidedly in last. Okay. So we'll see about that. Um, I have a story to tell. And I want to tell this story in the open to the show before we get to Steve Sands at Kohler, Washington. Uh, Kohler, Wisconsin. You know that I've talked about things that have happened in cars on my street, right? I told you about a person who was dead in a car a few years ago. The found body on my that street. we found. Found body, okay, in the same area that I'm going to talk about now. This is up the street towards the corner, towards the corner. Then I told you about the people who used to just park rent-a-cars. Right. Rent-a-cars, like sloppy little Hondas and just park them there. And then somebody else would come by and take them. And I said, what, what are we doing here? Sloppy is a kinder term than what you use. They were junky cars. <laughs> Still kinder. You know, and I said, what are we doing here? This is not a lot. This is not an Avis lot or a Hertz lot. This street is a residential street and is not zoned for having rent-a-cars, you know, to, for having the guy from National come out and say, just go down the aisle and pick what you want. Right. So a staging area. Right. It's just not what it is. For the last 10 days, a giant, and I'm not exaggerating, 40-foot-long trailer is parked in that same area on my residential street. A 40-foot-long piece of junk trailer that is painted half white and half gray. It is not, it's garbage. An Airstream camper, right? Yeah, whatever it is. It is not mechanized. It cannot by itself be started and driven out. It has to be towed. It's 40 feet long. Am I kidding about that? Not at all. It's 40 feet long, and it has partially obscured, deliberately, Pennsylvania plates. It belongs to no one here that I know of, no one here on my street. So after 10 days, it was, by the way, dropped off there by a pickup truck with Ohio plates. Not D.C. plates. Ohio plates. Can I rewind just for a second? Because sure. you mentioned zoning. And one of the issues with your neighborhood versus other D.C. neighborhoods is you don't have a zoning That's residential right. parking pass. So it That's doesn't right. have to say zone two, zone That's three. Right. So you actually get this pretty frequently because you're in between access points to Maryland and you happen to be on a street that has ample street parking versus some others in this area. That's right. All of that is right. 
It's 40 feet long. It belongs to no one here. And it is an eyesore. It is an eyesore. And if I lived in the house that it was parked behind, I'd go crazy. Well, I'm I'd, going crazy you'd now. Remo- you'd remove the blocks and just let it roll down the hill. I would let it roll down the hill. I would. It is, it has, some of the windows are open, and I don't, I don't mean by open that they are open and letting air in. I mean there's no shading on them, and there's just junk inside. Again, delivered here by a pickup truck from Ohio. That truck is now gone. Yesterday, nine or ten days into this, I called my elected representative, the councilwoman from Ward 4 where I live, Janice Lewis-George. I got a recorded message, and I said into the recorded message, I gave my name, I gave my phone number twice, I gave my street address twice, and I explained that this piece of junk has been sitting here for 10 days. And I went further to say that my neighbor up the street had said she saw two young men over the weekend working on this thing. And she inquired, do you live here? And one of them said, I live a few blocks away. A few blocks away. And I said, in my recorded message, well, why doesn't he put it on his street if he lives a few blocks away? Why is it on my street a few blocks away? I received no response. No response. Last night when I was out with a dog, I saw a truck pull up behind this particular thing. And a kid get out, late teens, early 20s and go into this monstrosity. I got his license plate. It was a DC license plate, by the way, a DC license plate. No, I am awaiting, I mean, like, look, this is not, we're not an RV lot. We're not selling campers here. This is a residential street. We're not a place where you just repair, we're, you know, we're not a gas station. We're not, you know, we don't have a big sign that says, we repair old RV. We don't have that. It's a residential street. There's no commerce on the street. It's just houses on the street. So if this camper belonged to a neighbor on the street, would you be okay with this? If you at least knew the owner and knew the time that it would be on the street? Yes, because I could approach that owner and I could say, what's the deal here? Yes. Since the pandemic has started, this has been happening in your neighborhood. A lot of boat hitches have have been popping up and they are dropping them off at these corners that have easy access point. Now you have enough cars. Why don't you just put one in front? And one behind and say, when you're, ready to, when you're ready to get in or move this thing, come find me. What I did was what I thought was proper. I called my elected representative. Sure. There's been no response. No response yet. Perhaps this will get a response. Again, my elected representative is Janice Lewis-George. And what I said in the message to whomever would listen is, what are we, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? This is a, just an abandoned old piece of junk RV. It cannot be moved by itself. It it's, doesn't have a motor. It doesn't have a starter. It doesn't have a steering wheel. It's been here for 10 days. Am I overreacting? With, with just a few bits of starter, you could take it anywhere. It's like a solo stove. Am I overreacting to this? I certainly don't think so. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, when I've, I've been over here and I've seen that, you can't miss it. I mean, it's it's a horrible thing. I mean, it's just sort of just there. And my question is... Who are the people with the Ohio truck that just left it here? And who is this kid with the D.C. plates who's working on it? Well, 
Is there is there a time limit? And Michael, maybe you know this better than, than how long I do. can it sit? Yeah. Well, this happened to you when you had the Delaware plates that was getting I got a ticketed ticket. because you have to go through your local precinct this to has, get a visitor's this is not pass a for say two DCRV. It's got Pennsylvania plates, right? Now Nigel was so excited this morning he was going to come in and share the news about his first new home purchase. He was really excited. Get closer to work. <laughs> yeah, no real commute. I purchased that. I wanted to, I wanted to be so close to you that I could be here for you. No, it's terrible. And yeah, you just want to say like, look, if this if you do in fact live somewhere in this, put it on your block. Put it on your block. No, you don't. I mean, see how your neighbors like it. I mean, you know how crazy I get with the stuff with my neighbors and, you know, the fallen trees and the, and the trash cans. No, take care of your stuff. This is no good. You can't do that. Now, in their defense, they might be saying, we view this as a neighborhood, not street by street. And actually, for So we'll the, just park a, a 40-foot item? Right. They would, they would say, based on the traffic flow of this neighborhood, this is the easiest place. And, you know, because we've gone through these processes, that's why if you have the paperwork to have this thing on the street, then you have to sort of retreat. But right now, it just seems like we found a place to dump this yeah. because no one checks this corner. So and there's been, a, there's been a pattern of this behavior. So uh, am I right to expect a callback from the council member's office? You're right to expect it. Will that happen? I'm, I've left messages over things that have upset me on my block in the last several so months. I gave famously, my name, I gave my address, I gave my phone number. Right, yeah. but, but very famously through 311, you know, the D.C. portal to get things done, you're going to get tickets opened and closed. Sometimes those tickets come back years later if it, you're mentioning, say, you know, a uh, a, a parking sign in a residential neighborhood that doesn't make sense or a bad intersection. So it, they might be working on it, but I would have expected a phone call by by middle of Tuesday, you know, once you got back into the rhythm of the work week. This is what I'm saying. It's a piece of junk. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a piece of junk. It doesn't enhance the visual um, pleasure of this block. I'll just say that. Now, when you left I the voicemail... I it and blow it <laughs> yeah, up. When you left the voicemail, did you give your address or the little house? No, my address. You want to take one of those big I identified stuff. myself. Yeah. Said who I was. You want to take one of those big wrecking here. balls and just let it drop on the top of nobody, it. Nobody, you know, there's nobody on my block who thinks that I've talked to that thinks it's a good idea. <laughs> nobody so far. Yeah. Huh. Is, anyway. there, is there some way that you can change the zoning on, on the on the parking around here so it is like I think Michael was, was no, mentioning so even You couldn't park this anywhere. It's not a DC item yeah so that's, a, so that's the issue because it's not dc plates it there is a there is a limit as to how many days it can be parked here. and that's why dad had to eventually get the uh the, the delaware plate convertible off the street the yeah. more and more I, I through the pandemic you had you had no follow-through on, on parking which made sense and then in the last couple months people got into the pattern so you go well, through all these neighborhoods you see out-of-state cars parked semi-legally because they've sort of been here and they're they're just sort of allowed to do it now let me just repeat this and then i'll stop this is not a small car with a dead person in it. This is not some Honda that gets recycled as more and more people rent it. This is a 40-foot item. Yeah, that's a big one. 40 feet long. This is, this is a big gain in the NFL. This is a chunk play in the NFL. It's 40 feet long, right? We move on. Steve Sands, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Stamps.com ad. If you've got a small business, you know there's nothing more valuable than your time. So stop wasting it on trip to the post office. Stamps.com makes it easy to mail and ship right from your computer. 
Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly one million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer, no special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you'll be up and running printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send it, and you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. UPS, Old University of Penn State. (laughs) Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There is no risk. And with the promo code TONY, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in TONY. That's stamps.com, promo code Tony. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Use the code, people. You're listening, You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a song called Wishful Thinking. It is sent to us by Nicholas Springer, who says, I perform as mahogany bees. <laughs> bees would be plural, wouldn't it? Not Mahogany B, Mahogany Bees. You guys played one of my songs last year. It was a big help. I have a new single I'd like to send your way for consideration. It's called Wishful Thinking. I'm playing a show in downtown Frederick at Old Mother Brewing at September 25th. That's Saturday night, isn't it? I believe Saturday it is. night, 6.30 p.m. Nicholas Springer, who is himself the plural Mahogany Bees. It's called Wishful Thinking. I would say it's wishful thinking to think you are more than one person. But it just, that's odd, isn't it? We wish him a lot of luck. Michael, if people like to send us their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. And are we selling Johnny O? Yeah, we still are in the back to school special. Tony B2S, that's the number two. And Tony's been rocking the new subtle V neck tee. Yeah, it was, it was like a him. bit, it was a. Tough sell. Scary. 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 I thought it was a little too V-necky, but it's not. But you can still tuck it in so you feel right at home. Good about that. (laughs) Steve Sands joins us now. He is en route to um, Kohler, Wisconsin, and Whistling Straits, which Michael and I have played. We are familiar with how it looks. It is gorgeous. You've covered events there. It It is as beautiful a property as there is in America, is it not? It is gorgeous. Uh, it's like you're on an ocean as opposed to a lake when you're up against the water on the on the second half of that back nine. And the place is going to be rocking, Tony. There are going to be fans on the side away from the water and then the beautiful views of the lake. And the golf course will make people here in America look and feel like you're in Ireland and not in the United States with the humps and the bumps and the water. Uh, it's a cool match play venue. It's going to be awesome. What, is there a projection for the weather on Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Is there a sense what the weather will be? Yeah, it's been chilly. Uh, I, as you said, I'm, I'm getting a ride to the airport, by the way, from one of the great littles uh, in the crowd, my older brother, David Sands, driving me oh, to the good. airport right now. Good. Uh, and I've been checking the weather because the weather matters more than anything, really, in an outdoor event uh, before you get there. So it's supposed to be cool, really cool in the morning. On Saturday and Sunday, it could be you know, low 40s, mid 40s. The wind's going to be pumping 15, 20 miles per hour uh, throughout the afternoon. It's supposed to be a high of around 70 on Friday for the two sessions. The 
the two sessions on Saturday are going to be chilly. It's supposed to be 63, 65 maybe for the high. And then on Sunday, they don't start till 11 a.m. on Sunday, local time, 12 Eastern. Uh, so it'll be a little bit warmer, mid-60s by the time they tee off. But in the morning, it's going to be chilly, Tony. It's going to be fun. So let me get to, I think, there's a lot of sort of soft questions. But the hard question for most people is, what are the chances of the intersections of Kepka and DeChambeau? who have not been pals. What are the chances? I assume there's no chance they'll play together, but but will they be in each other's company, and are people looking to see how that works? Yeah, more than any other event in golf, when you're in a team event, your intersections are, are often, and the, the guys are around each other a lot, and they'll get along this week, Tony. They'll play nice. It'll be kumbaya. It'll be fine. I don't expect them to play together either. Just doesn't seem like Steve Stricker uh, to do that. He's such a nice guy, isn't very confrontational. Like Butch Harmon, for instance, is one of the all-time great golf gods. Uh, the instructor, Butch Harmon, um, who was also a dear friend, was telling me the other day, I put them together, first match, Friday morning, get it out of the way and just go. Um, they would make a great pairing, by the way, but they don't get along. That's okay. Not everybody has to get along in sports, but they'll, they'll intertwine a bunch uh, in the team room, uh, having to walk around with other matches uh, when their matches are complete, those kinds of things. But if they do play together, Tony, I, I'd be surprised. But you never know. I mean, I think it'd be great television if they play together first thing out Friday morning. That'd be that'd be very very cool. I, I my question about DeChambeau, and I like DeChambeau, and I think what DeChambeau's doing in completely reshaping a sport or trying to is very very intriguing to me. But he is also practicing for the long drive contest, which is going to be held the day after the Ryder Cup. How, if you're, if you're Steve Stricker, how do you not go to DeChambeau and say, what are you doing? What do you mean you're taking time every day to practice for the long drive? What are you doing? Has, has that come up? Well, you're assuming he hasn't said something to him privately uh, in that regard. I, I I don't think it's going to actually affect his game whatsoever. Look, Tony, you watch as much golf as anybody I know, and I know I Michael do. does as well, uh, and I know Wilbon hates DeChambeau. But yeah. he is, he is, he's taken over the mantle from Bubba Watson as the most interesting person to watch in all of golf. And if you've watched him, say, all the way back since, say, Wingfoot last fall when he won the U.S. Open outside of New York City, you know, he goes out there and, and rips that driver on the range every day. I don't think his preparation changes whatsoever just because he's entering the long drive contest on Monday. I, I don't think that there's any difference in what he's doing. He's always done this, or always meaning in the last, you know, 12 or 18 months. Yeah. And I just don't think it's that big of a deal for him. I think it looks like a big deal to us. I mean, geez, Tony, it looks like you tear your ACL just watching yeah. him hit a drive yeah. that hard yeah. on the range as opposed to actually performing that way. So I don't but, think it's that but big you have to deal. Also, The other guys know he's a little quirky and that he's into that other kind of stuff. So I don't think Stricker cares. You have to consider what this might mean for match play, particularly if he has the safety blanket of a partner. You're looking at what it means to get off to a fast start. With the right wind conditions, one, seven could be drivable for him, and there's an early par five. Most players are going out left, and they might have a three-wood into the green. He was cutting a corner and had 120 yards in. So, I mean, with the right conditions, it could be Ryder Cup changing. Um, well, I guess I... A couple go ahead. Things, I'm sorry, Tony. A couple things on that, uh, Michael. The golf course gets to be set up by the home team in the Ryder Cup, unlike the President's Cup. 
And the way the golf course is set up this week, wide fairways, not thick rough at all, and they're probably going to be about three, not just seven, Michael. They're going to be about three or four holes, perhaps, depending on the wind and the way Carriega, the PGA of America, decides uh, to put the tee boxes. Um, three or four holes could be drivable. I would be, to me, forget personality and all that kind of nonsense. Bryson DeChambeau should play in every match. He should play in all five matches. He drives the ball farther. Uh, in match play, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen. And by the way, at the end of the day, as far as he hits it, match play usually is a putting contest. And outside of Harris English and Xander Shoffley on the American side, Bryson DeChambeau is probably the third best putter right now on the team. So to me, DeChambeau, with what you talked about, Michael, and the way the golf course is set up with not a lot of rough and wider fairways and greens that are softer than usual, to me, I think DeShambo ought to be playing every single round. Can I just add, ask a question? There's no chance he can win the long drive contest, right? These guys are beasts no. who do that. He's not going to no, come close. No. Yeah, it's a different deal. I mean, look, he can roast it out there, um, but those guys are, are playing a different sport. Like he's playing a different sport than we play when we go play golf. Yeah. Those guys are playing a different sport in that particular skill set. But it'll be fun to watch him get after it because, I mean, those guys aren't great golfers. He is a right. great golfer. So, right. you know, it'll be fun to watch him compete against those guys. But, no, he's not going to win that thing. I'm assuming that everybody on both teams has played Whistling Straits before because it's been the host of a major or two, right? I mean, they've played it. Like, they're familiar with the course, right? No, the last time there was a major there, Tony, was 2015, the PGA Championship, Jason Day. So right. that's been six years. There, there's some guys who have not played it up until this Ryder Cup where, you know, players have come over to go see what the golf course looks like. But, yeah, there, there are a few guys on both sides, actually, who've never seen the golf course before. Okay. All right. Stricker, um, much to my surprise, because I think Patrick Reed is a great Ryder Cup player, uh, much yeah. to my surprise, he left Patrick Reed off the team, uh, and he went – Young, very, very, very young relative to other captains picking squads for the Ryder Cup or the President's Cup. Do you agree with what he did? Yes, for one reason. I think Patrick Reed made his own bed, Tony. Uh, you know, when he had some troubles uh, and was verbal about them as opposed to keeping them quiet, uh, and then he had his mishaps on the golf course with the rules and those kinds of things. Yeah. I think it rubbed people the wrong way, and I think that if he would have made the team, he would have been welcome, and he would have been a fantastic uh, performer and competitor this week because he loves this venue, lo I mean, loves this type of arena, and he always steps up seemingly in a big spot at the Ryder Cup or the President's Cup. However, since he did not make the top six, when he was left to be a captain's pick, I think everybody in golf knew that there was no way he was going to get selected. Not this time. Maybe next time. Maybe next year at the President's Cup or the following year in Rome in 23 for the Ryder Cup. But this particular Ryder Cup, I think he needed to earn his spot. Uh, and I think golf is basically telling him, you know, sit down for a little bit and, and think about what you did. Okay. Everyone always says the literature of the Ryder Cup starts with the notion that the Euros want it more than we do. And that's why right. they win. Do you believe that? And, and if you were to handicap this, who, which team would you say was the favorite? Well, if you go by the world ranking, uh, you go by Vegas, and they're a lot smarter than we are when it comes to these types of things. The U.S. is a heavy favorite. 
Uh, having said that, <laughs> Europeans have won seven of the last nine, nine of the last 12. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the U.S. did win in a dominating fashion the last time it was held on American soil in 2016 at Hazeltine outside of Minneapolis. Um, I think that the Europeans do not want it more, Tony. That's ridiculous. These guys are professional athletes on both sides. They're 24 of the best players on the planet. Uh, the Americans absolutely want it as much as the Europeans. The Europeans have two advantages, and you know this in sports, Tony. It's like the little brother syndrome, all right? You always want to try to scratch and claw your way to the big brother. And you always want to you know, prove that you're not the underdog every time, even though Europe wins this thing most of the time in the last 20 to 25 years, they remain the underdog each and every time, which allows them to have that chip on its shoulder. Um, so to me, if I was betting, I would bet on Europe, even though America is the better team. Um, and they have a little bit more of a cohesive unit there. The guys get along a little bit better, but that's all overblown, Tony. Go out and play and play well, and the Americans ought to win this thing like they did at Hazeltine in 2016 by six or seven points. But usually at the Ryder Cup, it doesn't work out that way. Okay, one last thing. You're not there yet. Are you staying on property at Kohler? Are you staying at one of the Kohler facilities? You want me so badly to stay at that American club, don't you? I want you to have the toilet seat of your (laughs) dreams. A Kohler toilet seat. So, as you know, doing this for a living, when you travel, the first thing you do, or the last thing you do before you pack, is look at the weather. When I saw that the weather in the morning was being the 40s, and by the way, we get 5, 530 in the Oh, we lost him. We're We're losing you. We're losing you. Tell David to make this better. Go ahead. Say it again. Oh, you there? Tony, you there? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the only reason I looked at that was, no. no, do I have a heated toilet seat? That's all. Just want a heated toilet seat. That's all we want. If you don't get a heated toilet seat in Kohler, you're not getting one ever again. Because <laughs> every toilet well, seat in I Kohler mean, is heated. I mean, weren't they invented there? Yes. Yeah, I mean, they're... The, they're, they're uh, we are not staying on site, Tony. We are staying about 15 minutes away. Um, oh. And there will not be a... I've stayed in that hotel before... Um, for the, the American PGA Championship Club. in 2010 and also the yeah. PGA Championship in 2015. No heated toilet seat for anybody in the Sands family this week. You Fair really need to get to the American Club. You need to go. I think that the woman who runs the place PR-wise, I think her name is Leslie Stokowski. I think that's her name. Yeah. She was very, very nice to me and Michael. And just say, I know we're not staying on property. Just get me a room. Just get me a room for a couple of days because the toilet I, seats and the I showers are the best. Can I walk in, Tony, and just say, I don't need a room for the week. I just want to sit down on your toilet. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Have a good time. We'll talk to you. Thank Have you, a spotted Steve. cow for us. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. Steve Sands. Steve Sands, boys and girls. Uh, we will take a break. When we come back, Chuck Todd will join us. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the X-Chair Read. If you've ever been behind the wheel of a high-performance sports car like the thing Nigel drives... And you realize how much better a car can be. You never want to settle for a regular car again. That's why Nigel is going 65 miles an hour in residential areas in that little car. That's how I think you'll feel after you sit in an X chair. Can your current office chair give you a massage while you're working? (laughs) The X chair can. Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? The X chair can. 
It's all in the Elamax massage and temperature regulation exclusively designed and made for X-Chair. And once you feel the customized support of X-Chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar, or DVL as people in the trade call it, your back will never be happy in any other chair again. Take my advice. Try X-Chair for yourself risk-free for 30 days. Once you realize how much better your chair should be, you will never go back. Go to xchairtony.com now. That's the letter X, chair, T-O-N-Y.com for $100 off your order. X-Chair is a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort. xchairtony.com. Use the code, people. This, this is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a song called Two by Two. This note comes to us from Cameron Tuba Tabayi, who is called Mr. T in the classroom because Tuba Tabayi is pretty hard. It says, please enjoy this wonderful song, Two by Two, from the band Divine Sweater. They'll be playing alongside the Crystal Casino Band at DC9 in the District of Columbia on October 1st. The gentleman playing bass on this tune is my friend Alex Goldberg, who I met during grad school at the Tufts University. <laughs> Alex is a dear friend, a fellow high school history teacher, and he and I are two-thirds of the team behind the illustrious Celtics Lab podcast. Apologies for the shameless plug, but it segues to my own David Aldridge moment, which involves none other than David Aldridge. A few years back, I had the honor of covering the Eastern Conference Finals uh, at TD Garden, and when I saw David in the hallways after the game, I ignored all pretenses of acting like I'd been there, tapped DA on the shoulder, and gave him a hearty lachiserie. That's nice. Either way, a sincere and overdue thank you to you and the entire crew for many years of laughter and wisdom. You'll have to come on the Celtics Lab podcast to find out for yourself. I'm sure Nigel can arrange something. I'll bet he can. Once again, this is Two by Two, and it is a band called Divine Sweater, and they will be appearing in D.C. Uh, at D.C. 9, wherever that is, on October 1st, and they play in Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd had a fantastic Sunday. Chuck Todd was 2-5 and five in Week 1 and 2-6 and six by Thursday night as he lost by betting on the Washington football team and the Giants covered. Okay, so that makes him 2-6. and six. On Sunday, he was 5-1. and one. Do you want to, You can take a bow on this because yeah. you were five yeah. and one on Sunday, including yeah. Baltimore, which to me looked hopeless in the third yeah. quarter. I'm like the I'm like the American electorate. I'm a, a moderate by extremes, right? <laughs> and we get to the center yeah. with this extreme. Uh, so it's a it's a real complicated way to go five hundred, which also means um, that if I were betting real money, I'd still be losing thanks to the juice. But um, it's also a reminder that the first couple of weeks are hard, and, and look at how many. You guys sent me over the lines twice now, and I don't think this has ever happened. But of the of the of the seven games you sent me, six of them six changed. Six switch. Six switch. Six changed. I, I don't. That to me shows you, even the pros don't quite know what to make of the NFL season. You know what I mean? Everybody's still trying to figure out where everybody stands. There's no. Well, there's let's no, start. There's no consensus yeah. yet. Let's start with the first game, a, a line shifting thing, because I had written down my original line was New Orleans plus three at New England. I just thought to myself, New Orleans is getting points at New England? New Orleans, okay, they had a terrible second week, but look what they did in the first week. And New Orleans is getting three? That seemed like a lot to me. That is now down to two and a half. Who do you like in that game? Well, I, I don't love, I'm, I'm with you. I saw that line and I thought three. Three was definite. Now, I'm a, you know, there's a reason it got under three. Uh, that yeah. half point, every half point matters in the NFL. Uh, this is no, no, I'm going to stick with the Patriots because this is New Orleans' third straight road game. 
right? If you count the first Jacksonville. Yes. Um, obviously, that assistant coach thing, I think, apparently you need seven assistant coaches to keep Jameis Winston from throwing interceptions, or at least we'll find out. Um, and uh, speaking of somebody who's kind of like me with gambling, Jameis Winston, one week he's going to be a Hall of Famer, and the next week he's going to do these things. And uh, that's right. New Orleans fans that's are right. just going to have to get used to it. But uh, no, I'm, I'm going to go with the Pats here simply because of the third straight. The percept- New England the should be 2-0. and they should be 2-0. and They had a fumble going in for a score. Well, not, you know, like not at the goal line, but in late in the fourth quarter in their first game, they had a fumble, lost the ball, lost the game. Then they won their second game. More importantly, Tony, one of these teams is going to be 1-2. And, and they That's and, right. And, I, I'm, and That's it right. didn't seem that way at the start of the season. No, you're right. All right, let me go to the next one where the line was a thunderous shift overnight. Yeah, thunderous. Because it started out I'm so happy about insanely this. to me, totally insanely, that that Tampa Bay was giving one, right? Or getting one. Getting one. Tampa Bay was getting, getting, getting one at the L.A. Rams. Getting one, Tampa Bay. Tom Brady has nine touchdown passes. <laughs> they were getting one. And I love the Rams, but come on. Now they are giving two and a half. And, and that is no small movement in the line. This is a game that everybody is going to watch. Who you got in this one? Well, the reason I'm happy about it is because now I, I feel good about taking the Rams. I was I wanted to find a way to take the Rams. You look right it, it, the the, and this is what I'm I'm betting on here that the Rams defense is better than the Bucks defense. And while the Bucks offense is certainly better than the Rams offense, um, I think that can balance out. I'm not obviously ready to sit here and claim the Rams have a home field advantage. For all I know, there'll be half as many. There'll be you know that place will be half Brady fans half Rams, but um, whose defenses look better in the first two weeks, Tampa's or, or, or the Rams? And, and the Rams have beaten their games. You know, I, 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 look, we're going to nitpick. I'm going to pick nits here. I think Tampa's been sloppy, and I don't think you can okay. be sloppy against a good team, and the Rams are a good okay. team. This will be the wake-up call they need. Give me the Rams. Yeah, so you're getting two and a half. You're, no, yeah, yeah, you're getting I'm, two and yeah, a half at I'm home. Getting points? No, that's what I'm. I never. I looked at that one. Rams uh, that Tampa Bay. You know, getting points. I said well, you got to be kidding with this. Okay, the next one went from six to six and a half. Maybe these are the Chargers, mm-hmm. the San Diego Chargers in my mind, but the LA Chargers on the board. San Diego Chargers at Kansas City. Chargers getting six and a half. And I will just say this: I understand the Kansas City lost to Baltimore. Kansas City hasn't looked as sharp this year in either game as they looked last year. The Chargers are better than you think. Justin Herbert is better than you think. This is a division game. Six and a yeah. half is a lot. You see where I'm leaning, but I, I, what do you yeah, like? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you and for everything you just said. And look at the – you heard me last week why I took the Ravens. The Chiefs don't cover. They find ways to win – but yeah. they don't cover him. But by the way, they wouldn't have covered had they won the field goal. Had they, had That's they right. not fumbled the ball, right? Like That's this right. Is, they do just enough to win. And if you're playing a good team, one mistake can cost you the game as, as they've done. They've been sloshy. And I'm and the Chargers are a better road team than a home team. You know, give me the Chargers on the road. They've learned how to play on the road every day, you know, when they when they're at home. And they've turned out to be a pretty good road warrior team on, uh, against the spread. So I like them a lot. I agree with you on this one. I would take the charges mm-hmm. on this. The next are two teams that lost, disappointingly, 
and you know, almost catastrophically last week. Seattle blew a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter to Tennessee. Tennessee, by the way, big ups to Tennessee and Baltimore for what they did last week. Seattle is now uh, giving two at Minnesota. Minnesota had a 37-yard field goal to win the game and didn't convert. Kirk Cousins, who anybody who listens to the show knows I've never loved Kirk Cousins, but he did what they paid him to do. He put him in position to win you that like game that? easily. You, you like know, that? Yeah. You you like like that? That? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Seattle is giving to, I guess they feel that Seattle is going to be highly motivated, giving to at Minnesota. Who you like? I told myself at the beginning of the year I was going to win in doubt on Minnesota bet against Kirk COVID, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put – I don't trust this Minnesota team. I feel like it is one bad game from completely – that locker room completely coming undone. Zimmer's got a little pressure on him. Um, and I just feel like Seattle can recover from a bad loss better than Minnesota can. So um, I know it's on the road, which is a little disconcerting, but but um, I, I just don't trust Minnesota. I don't trust what's going on in that locker room. So give me, give me Seattle. The Sunday night game is once again Green Bay in a national game. Green Bay at San Francisco. San Francisco is 2-0. and They beat Two bad teams, and they, they the Detroit game, inexplicably, they gave up about 20 points in the fourth quarter, and then they went to Philadelphia. Philadelphia's not a good team. They beat Philadelphia. They held Philadelphia down. Their defense looked very good in that particular game. They destroyed Jalen Hurts. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is not Jalen Hurts. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in San Francisco getting three and a half. You're a Packers fan your whole life, right? I am. I am. I I, the largest unofficial shareholder of the Green Bay Packers this decade is the San Francisco 49ers. They own the Packers. They do? They just okay. do. They do. It doesn't matter. It seems like whenever they meet up, it, it, Shanahan just, just knows how to pick apart the defense. The defense has shown no ability to stop the run. The, like Kyle Shanahan's just like his dad. He loses a running back. They literally find anybody off the street, and the guy ends up running for 100 yards. Um so this might be the, the, the double jinx fan in me, but I'm, I, I don't trust Green Bay on the road against San Francisco. I just don't. Okay. So me It takes San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. When it okay. was four yesterday, I mean, I do, you know, that was, that was a lot. It was four, I think, before the Detroit game at one point. And then you guys sent over four, which surprised me. And then um, I, I might have thought about Green Bay at four, but, but no. By the way, um... For people who follow all these rookie quarterbacks uh, and they realize that Kyle Shanahan traded to get the pick that turned into Trey Lance, and people might be wondering, where's Trey Lance? Let me explain to you why Trey Lance will never play if Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy. Because Jimmy Garoppolo's record as a starter in the NFL is 26-8, and eight, kids. 26-8. and eight. And, if, and anybody who thinks Jimmy Garoppolo can't play is not watching when Jimmy Garoppolo goes out to play. Am I right on this, Chuck? You are, but I think uh, Garoppolo is Italian for Alex Smith. Meaning, <laughs> don't you feel like... I mean, he gets hurt. I remember when a Alex... No, but I also mean it this way. Alex Smith was in San Francisco, and he was a, a winning quarterback. He was a great winning quarterback, and they decided that uh, Colin Kaepernick can get us to a Super Bowl, and they were right. Kansas City, yeah. Alex Smith does fine, yeah, that's has right. a good record. A guy named Patrick Mahomes, right? I, I, I don't know. I just, I have a feeling Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be an Indianapolis Colt quarterback in the, in a year uh, okay. or two. 
All right. So. Uh, next game, Philadelphia getting four at Dallas. Philadelphia, not a good team. Dallas, not a good team. Now, I, you know, don't spare me about how great sure Dallas is at the moment. I don't know. In fairness, are you sure about Philadelphia not being a good team? I don't think they're a good team, Philadelphia. I don't know I don't what they... Know they pre- In fairness. I, they, look, okay. They, they, they hung okay. with... I think the 49ers are the... I think the 49ers are, are the third best team in the, in the NFC after the Bucks and the Rams. I think they're that good. And, I, you know, they hung with them. Um, I know they, that the Eagles beat the, beat the snot out of Atlanta. Uh, and, yeah, and but we're Atlanta not, we're not, we're not, yeah. You know, we're not. I'm just saying, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm willing to say jury's still out. Dallas, on the other hand, as a Packer fan, I have taken so much delight in watching Mike McCarthy's inability to manage a clock. <laughs> And his inability. Yeah. And this last week, it was I couldn't see the clock. Where are you, man? There are clocks <laughs> everywhere in that stadium. <laughs> this is not like a high school where you're like, I'm not sure. Like I go to my kids' game, and you know, you're at Wilson, and maybe they run the clock, the scoreboard. Maybe they don't. You know, <laughs> on, on on any given game. This is the NFL. And he claimed he couldn't see it. And then at one point, he said, "Oh, a referee was blocking the." You're an NFL coach. You should. Have, you're the Dallas Cowboys. You should have somebody whose full time job is to manage the clock. Did I ever and tell you that uh, when I was doing Monday Night Football, Mike McCarthy was the coach of the Packers, and in one yeah. of those pregame sessions, a day before, two days before, Mike McCarthy began to talk about something, and I asked him a question about jobs he'd had before he was the football coach. His favorite job was he was a toll taker on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. <laughs> What? what? It's his favorite job. He said that at three in the morning and four in the morning, naked people would be in cars, <laughs> dropping money out of the side into the toll booth. Yeah, you love it. It's great. It's great. Anyway, like does this mean you're going to take Philly in the four? I'm going to. Uh, uh, I am going to take Philly in those points. I think it's just too okay. many points. I think Philly's. Okay. This is a, you know, and um, this I think is going to be an entertaining game because Dallas is, yeah. it does not have a good defense. Uh, no, know, it's not that, but you know. But I think uh, Philly will move the ball. I think it'll be a good game, entertaining at least, since we'll all be forced to watch it. Speaking of people who do not have good defenses, Atlanta has allowed eighty points Oof. in two games. <laughs> eighty points. Okay, one last game. The football team is on the road at Buffalo. Nobody looked better than Buffalo on Sunday. Sure. Nobody. You might say somebody looked as good, but nobody looked better. Winning thirty-five nothing in Miami on the road. The football team's getting eight at Buffalo. Who do you like? I'm just going to play a numbers game here. I don't love. I understand why this number's high. Yep. I just I, I Washington football teams. You know, not this bad. They're not a. This, this feels like what the what the spread should be if they were they were facing the Giants, uh, not the not the football team. I, I, this this feels high, and, and after the blowout, uh, I'm. I'm, uh, I'm give, give me the football team on extra rest, by the way. Right? You were, you're 0-2 with the football team already. You know uh, look, that. Look, I know. I, I, right? I, I know, and, and not only that, it, I've you know, spent my whole time in Washington hating, the, hating this team, enjoying their downfall and all of this stuff. I like Ron Rivera, so I'm finding myself, you know, go get him, Ron. You know, the Washington Riveras is what I want to call him right now. So I, I, okay. I like the guy. I feel like he's, you know, he's a nice leader of this team. I don't, I haven't decided whether if he's the best coach they could have, but I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm giving them a bad, 
bad mojo. I'm certainly making the monkey's life more miserable, though I did hand the monkey <laughs> some Bud Grant love today. Yes. So, yeah, you, okay. you know, I mean, right. I think we know what was. I think I know one game the monkey's picking. Oh, yeah, he's, you so may be correct you're, on you're that. Probably you're probably picking welcome. Minnesota. You're welcome. <laughs> you know. Probably Minnesota. You're welcome. Thank you, I Chuck. Saw a recent photo of Bud Grant. He looked great. He did look great. Yeah. He's <laughs> like 93 or something yeah. like that. Still yeah. not wearing uh, yeah, long sleeves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll no, talk no, no, to you no. next week. 23. Goodbye. Thank you, Chuck. Chuck Todd, boys and girls. We will take a break and. Uh, oh, no, we won't. We'll go right to the monkey. Yeah, if we just if gave we you. Give you just, just talk, Chuck Todd, that would be fine. And I just completely blew the whole deal. We give you a monkey. Go ahead. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching. Watching We're not allowed to sing along. I'll count you in, Dad. Here we go. We're going to sing along anyway. The zoo, zoo. Got the volley, too. Johnny Walker Blue. Blue. All right, Nigel. You went to see him. I did, and it was a very exciting time uh, at the National Zoo in his flat that he's got built over there. Um, very busy, getting ready for his Senate confirmation hearings. Yeah. Apparently, he's been nominated to be the ambassador to Monaco. It's very exciting, it's and I think he's got some jobs for you if he does get if that does come gig. through. It's a little city. It's a great gig. <laughs> right. So took a break from that prep to go over some of these games because he knows how important this is. The first game again was Tampa Bay uh, giving two and a half on the road at the Rams, and I don't know if you saw the photos of this when. Um, Tom Brady and Giselle were in the moving truck, you know, that big U-Haul moving truck down to, to Tampa. Reginald was driving. It was him, Tom, Giselle, just driving from Boston down there. So clearly he's got ties to Tampa, and he will take the Buccaneers in Well, he's game. been on the TB12 program for years. Oh, he absolutely has. Yeah, very He's a limber. beta tester. Yes, very limber. Loves the av avocado ice cream. Really does love it. Mm -hmm. um, so the next match we gave him was, no surprise, Minnesota at home getting to uh, hosting Seattle. And um, I don't know if you ever saw this um, production. Apparently, Reginald and Bud Grant were in a per an off-Broadway production of Waiting for Godot, um, which met with not brilliant reviews. All but we have to know is Reginald's got the Vikes by two. <laughs> this is a two-point game. That's all we have to know. Yes. Reginald's got the Vikes by two. Yes. So uh, the final match we gave him was uh, the Washington football team on the road, getting eight at Buffalo. Uh, and this was a lovely uh, photograph he showed me of him, Marv, Le Marv Levy, Daryl Talley, and Don Beebe sport fishing. I think for Marlins, it could have been tuna. I'm not sure, but they were appeared to be having a lovely time. Chuck is right. Eight is a lot of points. Um, but Buffalo's real good. Buffalo's really good. Buffalo's real good. Yeah. You know, and 35 nothing, I believe. And I'm not saying the Dolphins are great. No, they're not. But yeah. it's a division game, and those games are not usually 35 nothing. Yeah. All right, we will take a break. Um, what, is the, what is the rest of the show? Uh, the mailbag. We'll the come mailbag next. is next. So yes. e email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Indochino ad. Nigel is sitting to my right at Uncle Benny's table, and Nigel has three of these suits. Why don't you describe them? Love the suits. They, they, they look great on me because they're tailored to my specific dimensions. Um, you can do that by going to a tailor, as I did with a piece of rope and a yardstick. Um, but it is a fantastic process. You can customize the suit any way you want. I will most likely be purchasing a fourth suit very, in the very near future because that's how much I love them. You will, too. You just look great in them. Indochino offers completely custom-fitted suits, shirts, casual wear, and more at surprisingly affordable prices. Every piece is made to your exact measurements, and you can customize every detail. Choose everything about your suit from the fabric, the lapel, the monogram, the statement linings. You can create a suit that fits you and your style perfectly. You have total 
control over what N- this is going to be. Nigel's got those extra wide lapels. Yes. You know, oh, well, total control of what this is going to be. It's yours. <laughs> just get your sizes. That's all you have to do. The best part is Indochino suits start at just $399 with all customizations included. That, that's the price for everything you want. Indochino is now open at select Nordstrom stores, giving you even more ways to get great fitting, personalized clothing. Find your nearest location at Indochino.com. And right now, you can get $50 off any purchase of $399 or more by using the code TONYK at checkout. So if you buy a suit, if you buy a suit, you're going to get 50 off. Come on. That's $50 off a purchase of $399 or more at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com. The promo code is TONYK. And by all means, use the code, people. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Does everybody feel wet? Does everybody feel like you've been swimming with dolphins and you're underwater? That's Jeremy Vince. Descending That's into the shark tank. Brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. Uh, Nigel, the Bethesda bagel land. We got bagel sandwiches. Bagel sandwiches today. It's always a great day when we get those, but you can get so many wonderful things. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you will be thrilled, my friend. That's going to do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say only you can make this world seem right. Only you can make the darkness bright. Only you and you alone can thrill me like you do and fill my heart with love for only you. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. Thanks to our guests today, Chuck Todd, Steve Sands. Thanks to our sponsors today, Indochino, xchairstamps.com. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. And I just want you to know, I made it through the only Laytonsville Road, the light, only one cycle. You guys won, right? We won. One One big. You beat Sidwell? Yeah, you did Sidwell. (laughs) I got a lot of cheese or either. The buddy green. Did you? Fantastic. Oh, that's great. Uh, From Braulio Rodriguez Villa Vizar. Okay? Damn you and your seven-minute plank song. Damn you, Dan Byrne. Can't get it out of my head. I walk around with like a mantra now. Seven-minute plank, seven-minute plank. Mr. Tony does a seven-minute plank. My wife asked me if I was going insane, but it won't stop. Seven-minute plank, seven-minute plank. Damn you, seven-minute plank. Damn you. Seven-minute plank, seven-minute plank. (laughs) Enjoy that. That's from out of the country, I think, because the cell phone is... Well, maybe it's not out of the country. Not certain about that. Having trouble doing this. So it's about the Little House. Joe Rizzo, Oak Hill, Virginia. Recently, you mentioned the Little House on your property. How thoughtful. Uh, is this an Airbnb thing? Is there a waiting list? It is not an Airbnb <laughs> thing. It's uninhabitable. Though the grounds have been cleared. Yeah. Nice along with a few statement trees. That's from, everything's been cleared. From Brody Beck in Overland Park, Kansas. At least which you is, still have the azalea. Yeah. No, I got Part of one it. azalea, and then one is, is gone, actually. 
but I'm sure Finn at Pineapple has a plan for replacing these things. <laughs> Newly crowned champion. Brody Beck, I never thought I'd laugh at an old orange bald man harmonizing poo songs, yet here we are. From Charlie Burtz in Springfield, Virginia. We often have issues with raccoons, generally finding them raiding our trash cans for midnight snack. Last night, as I heard the usual rumblings in our backyard, I shined my flashlight out the window. I then realized it was just Randy Edsel. That's inside the paper. <laughs> From Stephen Good in Fayetteville, Arkansas, the Red Zone Studios are in Inglewood, California, so essentially L.A. More importantly, Red Zone also froze up on me on Sunday. I'm in Fayetteville, Arkansas, so the issue is not local to you in D.C. Even more importantly, Cox Communication raised my monthly rate by $70 last week. Naturally, I was seething as my suddenly much more expensive service was failing to provide me the channel I most value. I called Cox to demand satisfaction after navigating the infuriating automated phone tree. I would like to tell you I got the rebate to which you alluded on Monday's show. I would like to tell you the injustice was remedied and I hung up victorious, but I cannot say those things. But they did offer me a so-called promotional monthly rate. So now I'm only paying $10 more per month instead of 70. So that's a win. Always Steve. threaten to cancel. I'm yeah. still paying more for no good reason. So it's not really a win as far as I'm concerned. Well, it's not 70, but Red Zone was back on by that point. And I was ready to hang up. I cut my losses. The lady I spoke to is very nice, but the company she represents worked me over. Best of luck getting your rebate. From Chad Reuter in Madison, Wisconsin. Yes, both versions of the Red Zone channel, hosted by Scott Hansen and Andrew Siciliano, are located in L.A., now in the new NFL Los Angeles complex, located next to SoFi Stadium. I've worked with NFL media as a draft researcher and analyst for 10 years, starting not long before Jason LaCanfora left for CBS. He swears my appearance had nothing to do with the move, though, and I appear on his radio show each spring to talk drafts, so maybe that's the case. While I've worked out of Wisconsin for most of my tenure with the NFL, I spent some time at the old NFL media building in Culver City, and I'm looking forward to seeing the new L.A. digs at some point in the future. Take care, and thanks for making me laugh and think over the past 20 years. From Don Ames in Kingston, Ontario, Canada. With the return of the football season, it also brings about one of the fun little quirks I have with the show, introducing Reginald. Now, I expect you to say, if we just brought you Richard Justice, that would be enough, but we give you more. <laughs> Insert the same idea for every guest. If only Reginald could provide his thoughts on the wildcard race of the Ravens. <laughs> if only. I almost blew that whole thing today. From Gus in South Glens Falls, New York. And I know Glens Falls. And my roommate in college, David Carpenter, was from Glens Falls, New York. Very excited to hear of the progress of Michael's new house. Looking forward to an episode of the pod from his new backyard. I envision it as a special evening edition with all of you gathered around the solo stove, crickets flown in from Brandon Costello's house chirping in the background, Mr. Tony waxing rhapsodic about his memories of camp, the rest of the crew, Tori, Gary, Jeannie, even Solicit doing their best impersonation of one of those 70s light beer commercial s'mores for everyone. That actually sounds like something we could do. Just need to avoid the flash flood water. Yeah, which is... Coming tomorrow, a lot of heavy rain tomorrow. One more, Jeremiah Cornell in Brandon, Manitoba. While listening to the mailbag on Monday, I heard you read Alex Lau's email taking, talking about his time in Spain. Being envious of the statement, I wondered how many others have never been to the land where General Franco is still dead. I hit the Google key after typing in never been to Spain. What appeared was a song by some band called Three Dog Night. Have you ever heard of them or any other songs they've recorded? Brilliant. If you're out on your bike tonight, do wear white. But I still need a bit of milk, full fat. Full fat. Which I've warmed in the microwave. <laughs>